Cusick. Not just a word, a movement, a mindset, and a podcast. Welcome to Fusick. All right, welcome everybody to the Fusick podcast, and man, do we have a good one today. TJ, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. It's uh, cold out here in uh, not Jacksonville, Florida, but Saxonville, Florida. Craig, we have our oh. local Jags. In the AFC Championship against, uh, which I do enjoy the Patriots as well, being from New England, but i got to say we're really excited going into Sunday. Well, as much as I love Blake Bortles and and, and I'm cheering for him, I have to say my Pats are going to gonna take it this weekend, buddy. That's okay. So That's it's been, all right. It's been, a good, it's been a good run for the Jags, though. Hey, uh, Coughlin has their number, buddy. So hey, well, yeah, yep. that's a good point. Now, mm-hmm. hey, so I have to I have to admit something to the millions of listeners that we have. Uh, I got out of the car yesterday in Chicago, and usually I'm putting on my coat, my big coat over my suit. And I got out and I said, "Oh, it's it's not that bad today. I don't need my coat to walk into the office." I get into the office. I check the weather, and it was two degrees outside. And I did not think it was that cold anymore. Now this is coming from a Florida boy who three go. months ago, three months ago thought sixty five was freezing cold. There you so go. You think you're your adjusting? blood does thicken. Your blood does thicken, and it does get better. And uh, what they say is true that once you're in it every day, it's not as bad as it as it could be. So had to had to share that little piece and admit that um, my blood is thickening for sure. Well, I don't know if scientifically if that's even a word scientifically, Craig. But we're gonna run with it. Uh, if that, but could it be, is science. Yes, it is science. If your blood thickens that quickly, but you know what does thicken is your mind, mind over matter, buddy. So, go for it. I believe it. There we go. Awesome. Well, well who do we have today, Craig? We have the Mark Swardo from South Florida, Miami, South Beach, Fort Lauderdale. Mark Sward, how you doing, buddy? I am doing great, man. I'm here. I'm live and alive today. Hey, how about that TKO, man? Y'all had it at a DJ booth, is that right? What? Well, we had it. At, yeah, we had it at a, a very okay. special uh, place down here, and uh, we had a DJ booth going on. And it was uh, it was exciting to say the least. Nice, That's awesome. And I expect was... that from the AKA Swordo 500. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Was was David Murphy like on the mic rapping, or what was that? Uh, he actually was not rapping, but uh, it was it was very exciting. We were doing the "We Are Marshall" uh, chant, but "We Are Colonial Life" is what we were doing, and it was it was <laughs> phenomenal. Awesome. Did you did you record it? Did you video uh, it? Actually, I don't know if anybody recorded it or not. We just have a, we have a lot of still still cameras uh, that were taking pictures, but I don't know if anybody actually uh, videoed it. Uh, I'm still trying to find that video if we have it. So, but I'll and let what, you know if we do. What was the venue? Yeah. Where was it? It at? was it was actually a place called the Venue, uh, right down here in that. Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, and uh, oh. it's just it's a phenomenal place to have a, have a, a TKO. Nice. Did you guys do it in the day or that. in the evening? We did in the day, and we had uh, our theme was uh, Roaring Twenties because this year we're going to break through twenty million dollars. Man, it's gonna that, be an exciting that, year. That's awesome. Woo! <laughs> that's great uh, creativity, buddy. Thank you, sir. I appreciate awesome. that. I, I wish I could take the, uh, the you know, uh, the credit for that, but it really was my uh, my executive assistant, uh, Teresa Pasconelli. She's the one who came up with the idea. So, all credit goes to her. Beautiful. That's awesome. That's Beautiful. awesome. Well, Swordo. Yes, sir. I know that you have a very impactful um, music story, and TJ hit the nail on the head this morning when he said he loves 
our our um, guests that we have that are excited to be on and and excited to tell the story and they're on it and that is definitely something that we see in you the passion for the Fusic story and the passion for the Fusic movement and we just appreciate your support on this and we're just going to turn this over to you man and let you take and run with this and then try to ask some questions afterwards so the floor is yours to tell us your Fusic story. Awesome. Well, TJ and Craig, I, I just want to first start off by saying thanks so much for uh, having me on the Fusic podcast. I've, I've listened to all your other podcasts, and uh, they've all been extremely inspiring. And uh, it's interesting to, uh, when you listen to other folks, you think you're the only person out there in the world that has these issues uh, and struggles that go through, but then you realize you're not the only one. And that's, uh, it's really comforting. And so I'm hoping that uh, my Fusic story will, uh, will be the same thing for other folks out there as well. So I'll just jump right into it, and uh, I'll let you know that um, my Fusic story starts when uh, I'm going to go back to right before my, my wife and I got married. Um, she, she asked me, uh, cause she wanted to make sure I could support a family. She goes, what do you, what do you want to be? Or what do you want to do? And I said, I want to, I want to be a manager. And, uh, and I didn't really know what that meant at the time. I really, uh, come to find out it really meant that I want to be a leader. Um, and she's like, well, what does a manager make, you know, in, in the, in the, in the industry I was working in. And so I told her and she's like, are you sure that's what you want to do? So I ended up, uh, starting my own company. Uh, and my, my brother is, uh, has been, had a, an organization down here where he's, uh, he's running his yacht maintenance company and he's done very well for himself. So I, I grew up doing that and, uh, taking care of boats. We already, we always grew up on boats down here. And so I figured I'd do the same thing, uh, but I, I threw in the automobile side of it too. So I did, had actually had a, a yacht and automobile detailing company that I started and we were doing, we were doing well. Um, but then my wife and I got married and, um, uh, a lot of people don't know she started with colonial in 1988 and we got married in 1989. So right after we got married, I started reading her mail and I, I started getting a little interested in this colonial life company. And, uh, she said to me one day, she said, listen, rather than reading my mail, would you like to get your own mail from colonial? I said, sure. How do I do that? So she explained how to do it. And so I went and got my license and, uh, and I went, I was interviewed by the manager, uh, that was running, uh, South Florida down here. He was actually, he was living in Tallahassee. So he came down, drove seven hours down here, interviewed me. And, uh, by the grace of God, he said, yes, he said, yeah, you can come on board. He brought a, he brought a paper, uh, contract with him. Cause back then we used to do everything <laughs> on paper back in the day. And, yeah. um, so I got contracted. It was, uh, August 19th of 1989. And, uh, it was a great day. It was a day that changed my life, uh, because this was an opportunity that I, I didn't know. I knew I'd be successful somewhere in my life. I just didn't know what, what vehicle was gonna, I was going to use to get there. And uh, this was the vehicle. And um, so it was, it was great to, be, uh, to come on board. I was only 22 years old, uh, just like you, Craig, when you started with Colonial, uh, 22 yep. years old. But the difference was I think uh, you probably looked like a man when you started. I, uh, um, no. <laughs> there, Billy, Billy, Farr, Billy Farr has posted pictures recently on Facebook that proved that I did not look like a man. You vaped. I thought I did. Okay, okay. I thought I did, but I didn't. You know what's, and you know what's funny, Swordo, about uh, 1988 is a special year uh, for both of us because... Um, <laughs> that was the year you, know, you were born, right? <laughs> that is the year I was born. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I, I love your wife, Melissa, and she's such a sweet, caring, and you can just tell the genuine, you know. Oh, she's... I mean, she's just as genuine as it gets, man. She is and awesome. She's spent awesome. Spent some great yes. time with her, so you you definitely outkicked your coverage. Uh, no, no doubt about that, my friend. No doubt. Yeah, she's a great Jersey girl, and if you know anything about Jersey girls, they will tell you like it is. Bruce Springsteen, uh, no, baby. Is what we like. That's Jersey it. Girl. <laughs> That's the boss. Yeah. So anyway, I got into Colonial, um, and instantly I started looking around and going, okay, I, 
I think this is a place where I could be a manager. I could be a leader here. And, um, but I looked like I was 14 years old, so it was a problem. Uh, and it took me, took me several years uh, to kind of, kind of hone my skills. There were a couple opportunities that came up and, uh, to be like a district manager down here, and I, I missed out on both of them, quite frankly. And I think it had a lot to do with, um, um, you know, I, was, I may have been a little immature at the time, but also I looked very young. Um, but it, but that was my first Fusick, uh, you know, story. Part of the story is I wanted to be a manager, wanted to be a leader, and I was told twice that uh, that I wasn't I wasn't cutting the cutting the mustard, so to speak, and I couldn't be that. And I was working for people. These two guys that ended up being managers, uh, love them both dearly, but um, I, I knew that I could do, uh, quite frankly, a better job. And uh, um, Mark, uh, yes. why why were they telling you that you couldn't be a manager? Were they giving you feedback to to work on, or were they just saying you? It, you couldn't do it. Yeah, interestingly enough, they, I didn't get much feedback at all at the yeah. time. Um, you know, I, like I said, I thank I thank the gentleman who who ultimately gave me the contract, but um, I was being held back. I felt yeah. and for for no reason because um, I I poured myself into this company. I figured if I just knew the product and the services and could sell better than anybody else, I would I would kind of rise to the to the top. You know, they say the cream always rises to the top. Well, I I felt I was that, but I wasn't going anywhere, and so. I was, you know, getting a little uh, uh, upset about that. And, you know, I was struggling with it, quite frankly. And I, in the first five years of being with the company, I won four trips. And on one of those trips, um, I met somebody by the name of Kitty Malone out of North Carolina. Yeah. And uh, we were in a, in a hotel. We were dancing, actually, on the dance floor. And, and I said to her, yeah, one of these days I'm thinking about moving to North Carolina. And anybody who knows me knows I like to dance. In fact, I yes. might even say that there might be some videos that are circulating around the country <laughs> from uh, a couple weeks ago in, in Austin, Texas. And uh, in fact, I know I know we we have it down here because they played it at the TKO for about ten minutes straight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that, that was wow. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. But uh, but but I said to Kitty Malone that day. It was in 1994 uh, in Arizona. I said, you know, I'm going to move to North Carolina one of these days. And she said, Come on up. We got plenty of room for you. So it took me about a year and a half, but my wife and I, we pulled the trigger on that, and we moved to North Carolina because it, I felt like I was in a go-nowhere uh, situation here in Florida at the time and uh, moved up there for a better opportunity. Plus, my wife, being from Jersey, she wanted four seasons, so it worked out perfectly. So long story short is I moved from here to, to North Carolina and uh, went from the work in the public sector to work in the commercial market, learned how to open cases, write new cases, you know, whether it be Large case, small case, didn't matter. Working with brokers, I learned all that. And about two years into it, up there in North Carolina, I uh, I contacted the home office and said, "Listen, I, I'd like to be a, a manager. I want to be a, move into a DGA role." And it was about a week later. And uh, th- this is the one that this is the Fusick part of the story that really drove my drove me for for many many years. I got a letter from somebody in the home office who's still with the company, and I'm not going to say the name. Um, but I got a letter stating that uh, we appreciate you reaching out to us, um, but you're not the type of person we're looking for to be a leader with Colonial. And I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah, that was, that was like a, a stake through the heart. But, you know, and it was my, it was my fight or flight, you know, time for mm-hmm. fight or flight. And I, I decided to fight instead of run. I, uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to buckle down and I'm going to prove myself and I'm going to get better and better and better. Well, the next thing that happened to me uh, about a year later, uh, it was 1999, um, I, was, I was working with some brokers, and we were doing some pretty, pretty cool things uh, all around the southeast. And I got a, got a call from Mike Slade, who was, who was running Georgia at the time. And he, oh, asked yeah. me, he asked me to come down. And so I got in my car, 
and drove down to Atlanta, Georgia, and um, met with him. And it, what happened was, I was uh, talking to him. And he wanted to offer me. He wanted to offer me a, a DGA role, and he said, "If you take this DGA role, you can move, move to one of three different places, and they were they were going to give me uh, what's equal to a, um, a premier office." Uh, and it was, you know, two and a half million dollars of the premium was going to follow me. And, uh, and so he was giving me an opportunity to be, uh, you know, a big dog, so to speak. And I got back in my car, called my wife and I said, honey, this was just offered to us. Now, granted, we had just moved three years before this to, to, to North Carolina. And I told my wife, I said, the last thing I want to do is move again. And she says, so what are you going to do? I said, I, I don't think I'm going to take it. And so I hung up with her on my way back to North Carolina. I'm driving from Georgia back to North Carolina. And I get another phone call. That's from my, it was from my current territory manager. <laughs> and uh, she said, um, I understand you were just in Georgia uh, and you were talking to Mike Slate about being a DGA. She said, can you stop by my office on your way home? She happened to be in, in South Carolina. So I did. I stopped in her office in Greenville, South Carolina. And I walked in. It was 7 o'clock that night. And uh, she said, Mark, I understand you want to be a DGA. I said, that's correct. She goes, uh, I'll make you a DGA. I said, what are you going to give me? She says, nothing. I said, I will take it. Yeah. Good, buddy. And, and, and so I said that because I didn't want to be, and, and this is not a knock against anybody who takes over any, mm-hmm. any districts, uh, but I didn't want somebody to ever say, well, you took this over and you didn't, have, you didn't build this. I wanted to build something from scratch. Yeah. And, and I wanted, to, I wanted to, to prove myself. And that letter that I, that I was get sent um, from the person to home office, um, I kept that in my top drawer of my desk for many, many years. And that was my driving motivation was to prove uh, that I could, I could be a success with this company and I could help others become successful and I could become a leader. So that's, that was, that was pretty much my, my Fusick story until I decided I started looking around once again, after a couple of years of being a DGA, I thought, you know what? I'd like to be a territory manager. I can do that. I can do that role. Um, and I said, you know, said to my wife, what do you think about that? And so she supported me all the way through it. And, uh, so a few years later, there came an opportunity and um, in North Carolina to be the, for the TM role. And uh, I, I applied for it, interviewed for it, and went there. I was, I was loaded for bear. I had my, uh, my business plan in, in, in tow. And because uh, I'd, I'd been there for several years, I knew the place forwards and backwards. I knew the people there. Uh, I loved the people there. And, uh, and I wanted to see the place grow. And so I went with my business plan down to the home office in Columbia, South Carolina, and did my interview. And about two weeks later, found out that I didn't get the job, and found out the reason why I didn't get the job was because I came with my own business plan, which didn't make sense to me. But what? It, no. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't the, uh, the company guy. I wasn't going to go with the company business plan at the time. This is going back several years. So um, yeah. once again, I'm not going to give any names, but I didn't have, a, you know, my, my business plan did not align with the company business plan. I guess it was too much growth. Uh, I guess that's what it was. So, uh, so then uh, that that TM you scared him. Sort of. I did. Yeah. I, I did. Him. I did. guess I scared him. But I guess that 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 TM didn't last too long. So uh, the opportunity came open again, uh, and I applied again. And this time I went down to Columbia, South Carolina, and I interviewed with Tim uh, Tim Arnold. And uh, I didn't get the job that time either. This was uh, November of 2012. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think it was actually the day after my birthday. It was November 30th, 2012. I went down there on a Friday to interview. And uh, once again, went down with my business plan again. I, I'd revised it. It was a couple years later. Revised it. And 
Well, I didn't get the job because somebody else that uh, was, was more qualified than me came along and actually uh, interviewed right after me, and uh, Julian Emerson got the job and uh, is still in the role today. And so that was old a— Old Julio. That was, yeah, old Julio. So that was a little bit of a heartbreak, but I'll tell you what happened next. This was, the, this was another part—this is something, a day that changed my life. Um, I came back to work uh, January 2nd, uh, 2013. And at nine o'clock in the morning, I'm sitting in the office with my wife. She was the, the office manager coordinator and she answers the phone, phone rings, she answers it. And she says, you know, um, she looks over at me, she says, Mark, it's Tim Arnold at nine o'clock in the morning, which I've got to guess. And I, I've never, I haven't verified this with Tim, but I've got to guess that nine o'clock on Tuesday morning, uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, it's actually Wednesday morning of January 2nd. It may have been his first phone call of the year. I'm just thinking it could have been. That's what I keep telling everybody. This <laughs> yeah. it, it makes it makes hey. a better story, at least. Yes, it does. His first phone call of the year. Business, he, business phone call. Business phone call. And he says to me, he says, Mark, he goes, I'm sorry you didn't get the job. He goes, but let me tell you something. I want you on my leadership team. And he goes, I want, to, I want you to think about, would you be willing to move somewhere? And if you are willing to, where would you go? Where would you be willing to go? And I was like, I was sitting there, I almost didn't even know what to say to him. I said, thank you, thank you, you know, I, I would love to do this. And I hung up the phone, I said, oh my gosh, Melissa, you're not gonna believe this. Um, Tim Arnold just said that he wants me on a leadership, on his leadership team and to be a, be a TM somewhere in the country. And uh, we gotta figure out where we wanna move. And um, so I, I told him, and about six weeks later when he called back, I told him that I wanted to go home. I wanted to go home to South Florida. Uh, a place that I know and love and I'm passionate about. And uh, he said, you know what? He said, I can't, uh, I can't tell you when it's going to happen, but he goes, I can tell you it's definitely going to happen in the next 12 to 18 months. Um, and so I was so excited. Six months later, six months later from that date of that phone call, I was here in South Florida as the territory manager. It was August, August 26th of 2013. I became the territory manager here in South Florida. And so it was, uh, it was a lot of um, dreams that have come true. In fact, mm -hmm. I will tell you, tell you another piece of that story. Um, right after Tim had called me and told me that uh, I'd be able to come down to South Florida eventually, um, my, my niece, uh, who's 14 years younger than me, she called me uh, at 8 o'clock in the morning one, one day. It was early, early March. Um, I've got this all documented and, and, and uh, I wrote it all down as this all unfolded throughout that, that whole year because it was just an amazing, uh, incredible year for me. And uh, she called me crying at 8 o'clock in the morning saying, Mar Uncle Mark, i got to tell you something. She goes, I just had the most vivid dream I've ever had in my life. She said, and keep in mind, there were only three people that I know of that knew about the conversation I had with Tim. It was me, my wife, and Tim. And she calls me and says to me, uh, or my, my, my niece says to me, that your company is going to offer you a job that's bigger and better than you could ever imagine. And she said, and you're moving back to South Florida. And she goes, I've, I saw the house you're going to live in. And she described exactly what we moved into. That's amazing. That is yeah, awesome. It, that, gave me, that gives me chills. And I, I, just, I, was like, I, got, I just got chills, me, too. That's what I was you saying. told me that story, uh, I want to say, in Nashville one time. Yep, yep. And uh, it gave me chills then. So, so the, the rest of the story is this also. Um, throughout, the year, throughout the year, there were other opportunities that came up in different parts of the country. And, and I had conversations with people about being TMs in different places. So I'd call her and I'd say, this is it, it's happening. She goes, Uncle Mark, it's not ha that's not it. South Florida is where you're going. And then they'd have another place. And I had three or four opportunities that came up. And, I, and she's like, no, 
no, South Florida is going to open up. I'm like, there's no way. It's not. It's just not going to open up. It's, and I can't turn these down. I, I got to stop turning these things down and, and not going and interviewing for them. She says, no, Uncle Mark, don't worry about it. South Florida is coming. And sure enough, it did. And so, you know, there's so much that went on behind the scenes. Uh, my son was, uh, at the time, was on a six-month mission trip. And he, he would call and, and, you know, talk to his mother. And he'd be like, I'm praying for dad. I'm praying for, you know, that his, his, expa- uh, his influence would be expanded and that his years of service would be honored. And so, and all these things came to fruition. So it was just amazing when you look back and see how um, timing is everything. And, and God's timing is amazing. Yes. And, and it, he put me in this it's position. All, it's all about God's timing. Isn't that the truth? And, um, you it's know. It's funny how we always try to outsmart him. Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. We always, to, we, we, we always try to think that we're smarter than he is well, and, and and we're always wrong. I think we just try time. to take control. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, we, we want we to do. be alpha. We want to take control. And and uh, I believe we'd all uh, have a lot less stress if we just kind of. Uh, absolutely. To that point, yeah. though, TJ, one thing that you can see with Swordo's uh, story here is I hate the saying that good things come to people who wait because mm-hmm. that is not the, in my opinion, Swordo, that is not what you are implying here at no, all. No, no. Patient. You, he was patient. You, you was went patient. out and got it. Yeah. You, you're, you're supposed to be patient, right? But good things happen to those who go out and get it. Yeah. And you made a mission in your mind, and you decided with you and your family that you were going to go, and, and you had a passion for leadership, yep. and you still do, right? And you had a passion to do something more than you were doing now, and you went out and made it happen. Absolutely. And that's the difference. And people can't just sit around and wait. You didn't sit around and wait. You went and kept performing as mm-hmm. much as you could in the current role you're in. And, you know, and that's one thing that I've always told people because I've had, the, you know, blessings and, and been fortunate enough to move, you know, a couple different times and up in the company a little bit. And, you know, my biggest thing is I've told people over and over again, I was like, do the absolute best job that you can do in the role that you're currently in and everything else will take care of itself. That is so true. Never worry about anything else except for doing, try to be the best. If you're an ASR, be the best ASR. If you're the ADM, be the best ADM you can be. DGA, TSM, it doesn't matter. Be the best person you can possibly be in the role that you're asked to do, and everything else will take care of itself. And that's a prime story of what you did, and and, and you went out and got it. Absolutely. You know, and, and, go ahead, go Mark. Ahead. No, you go ahead, buddy. No, I say, and, and and the story's not done yet. You know, I'm I'm still we're it's still unfolding every day, and uh, yeah. and I think you know where where we are right now in this where I'm in this role right now as a TM. I love seeing other people succeed, and that's what I love about this this role is I get to help people every day. I get to help people do what I did, and I've been there's not a single thing that's you know somebody's come to me with in the last four years where I can't say I understand. I've been there. I've done that. Um, you know, you know, I've been in every role in the field. And so it's just been, you know, it's a blessing to me to be able to give back at this point in time in my life. That's awesome. You, you know, you know, it's a couple, uh, one personal touched home and then just the overall for a great advice for a lot of people is that you, you put it in forth, uh, in place. This is what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a leader. I wanted to be a TSM. You were told no a couple times. And I'm sure when the um, doors are shut in your house, uh, hmm. Melissa and you are sitting there chatting. I'm sure you, you, you let out a few vents to her, uh, but but you kept cool throughout. And I believe that's if you would have complained and and bitched and moaned um, to people about it, there's no way Tim Arnold would have picked up the phone and called you on January 2nd at 9 a.m. Yeah, right. So I agree. Yes, it may not. This may not be the right time. It may not have worked for you. You, you might apply for a job, but you didn't go out, out there and complain 
and you didn't burn any bridges. You kept them open. You handled yourself. You, you what uh, Craig was saying. You you delivered at your role. You did extremely well. And 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 then when the time came for the the phone to ring, uh, you picked it up and you delivered it on, with with Tim telling you that. And and uh, you know I've personally heard uh, from multiple people that Tim wanted you in that leadership role and. There's a lot of great things that our fearless leader does. Uh, mm. One thing especially well, he puts people, great leaders in place, um, and he has an, an art for that. So yeah. the, the next thing, Mark, is it's so funny, uh, and I, we, I believe we shared this story too, and I haven't shared this on the podcast, is I got a letter from my TSM when I was applying to be a DGA from a home office saying that there was there was a lot more qualified people for this DGA role in Tallahassee that they right. wish that uh, at the time it was Heath and then Elena was the VPS that Heath and Elena would, they would prefer they would uh, interview, but if they would, but they'll go with whatever decision they make. And I have that still on, on my uh, <laughs> printed out and I have it saved in my Gmail account uh, from home office on that too. So uh, those, those are the little things that, the little chips, right, Craig? Little chips on the shoulder yep. that you hold you hold true to you. But I'll tell you, Nothing Mark. wrong with having a little chip on the shoulder, yep. baby. Uh, Absolutely. You are an exceptional guy. Uh, and the best, you know, you know what even better about this, Craig? Mark, y- y- your wife's in the business. Uh, oh, yeah. Your son's in the business. He's, a, he's an instructor in North Carolina. And, you, and your, your younger son is in the business in trying to get into the instructor and, and other yep. avenues of the company. That's huge. Yep. Now talk yeah. about talk about what this company has done for for you, Mark. Uh, yeah, you right? know, uh, yeah, absolutely. I was I was listening to a, a podcast last week, and it was uh, the, the the person that was talking, and I and I can't remember off the top of my head who it was, but he said um, uh, this is about all about legacy, and it's uh, your first name is is finite, but your last name is infinite, mm-hmm. and that's uh, and that last name Sword is uh, I want to build a legacy, uh, and I was raised with that that concept from my parents. Um, they, they always said life is two things. Life is choices and life is relationships. And uh, that's the stuff that goes on and on for, for a long time. And uh, so legacy with us is, um, is you know, quite frankly, colonial is, is a big part of it. And uh, I actually have three sons that are actually in the business already. My oldest, uh, Brandon, who's, uh, who's the instructor in North Carolina, um, he got his license uh, seven years ago when he was in college. He was going to college for risk management insurance. Uh, got his license. He would come home in the summers and uh, do benefit counseling. Then he became uh, an opener, and and now he's an instructor. And my second son, Tucker, who lives with Brandon uh, in Charlotte, uh, he's also with the company as a, a benefit counselor and an account opener. And then uh, Jesse uh, is the third one that you were mentioning. Um, he's uh, he's been a he's been with us now. I think he got uh, contracted at 19 years old as well. He's now uh, he'll be 23 next month. And so um, you know it's it's just a legacy we're building. Uh, you know, it, it, the, a, a good name is better than great rich, as they say, and, and you know mm-hmm. the Bible says that. And uh, and and we're trying to you know make sure we have a good name. Hey, listen, we make mistakes every day, folks. Listen, <laughs> that is that is for sure. But um, but if you continue to make good choices every day, um, you, if you continue and you string good choices together, good things happen for you. And uh, and that's what we're trying to do. So so Colton's uh, turning twenty one here in a few days, and he wants to join the company too. And so we're going to have four four sons in the business yeah, before awesome. you know it. Yeah, so now awesome. my now my my daughter, we're telling her no. You got to go yeah. do something different, you know. So, <laughs> so, hey, Mark, this is a this is a question we always ask, and it's actually yeah. perfect. Um, so, you going back to your 
21, 22, right? So yep. right around what your sons are. What advice would you give the younger Swordo 500? Yeah, I've heard this, uh, you know, on all your other podcasts. So I w- I, I'm, I'm kind of prepared for this. But uh, I will s- tell you that the first time I heard it, I, I'm, I'm going to give you the an- same answer that I, that I said to myself in my head Good. the first time I heard the question. And quite frankly, it's really simple. Show up. Yeah, it's buddy. Amaz- there you go. It's amazing what happens. Just show up. And then, you know, to add on to that, be, be willing to learn, you know, so show up with a willingness to learn. Don't, don't show up with uh, I got this thing attitude. Uh, find, find a place with go- good culture. Culture is, is what it's all about. Uh, if you've got good culture and you're willing to learn, the sky's the limit. And also don't be afraid to work. You know, um, there's nothing wrong with hard work. Uh, I, I kind of chuckle every once in a while when I hear people say, uh, well, I can't go do that. That's an hour and a half away or, you know, whatever. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was, I was thinking about this morning, um, you know, we, about a time when we were in North Carolina and we had just had three kids at the time and I had a, there was an enrollment that I had to go do. It was five hours away. And I got in the car at three o'clock in the morning, drove five hours. I enrolled all day long and then got back in the car and drove five hours back home. And, you know, that's just having the willingness to go out and do, I, I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. You know, I just went out and did the exactly. work. Exactly. Yeah. That and, ignorance on fire. Yep. And, right. Absolutely. And the great thing about that is you know, people say, well, you only made a couple, two, three hundred bucks, whatever maybe. may have been. Well, you know what I'm still making on that? Renewals. Yes. Yeah. Because I was willing which to also, get. Yeah. Which also proves that you should not have been an enroller if that's all you made that long. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're, you're calling, you're calling wow. assembly leadership. It's okay. all, that was a compliment. I mean, because yeah. I would have I made the same thing. I went out and enrolled. And it was the exact same outcome. I was like, all right, I am terrible right. at this. I got to figure out something else I can do because this is not good. Well, I, I probably did. I probably made more money than that. I just was trying to be. Humble. Yeah, he's being <laughs> humble, Craig. Craig, he's being humble. Okay, he's being, he's being what a leader should be. He's being humble. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Oh, where are we um, love you, man. Love it. Love, love you it. too, guys. Sordo, yep. What uh, you know, one thing that I've noticed and and listening to you talk and getting to know you over the past few years is you rarely, 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 if ever, and I'm trying to think ever, talk about chasing the money. Yeah, you, you never you never talk about it. It's always about passion. It's always about legacy. It's always about helping others, and and, and that's what screams out of a true leader. And so don't ever stop that because that's that's something that people can tell about you, and that's yeah. something that you know you're known for. So that's a that's a great thing to be known for. And I I'm a lot like you when it comes to legacy. Um, you know I don't I have the the four kids, five kids. You know that that will you know be the same situation but just the fact of the legacy of being able to help others have careers mm-hmm. that's what drives mm-hmm. me you yep. know and all of us could go out and make sales and, and for some people that's their passion and there's nothing wrong with that it doesn't make us better or worse or anything like that it's just different passions but my passion is knowing that somebody can go out and have a career and that maybe you had an influence on that a little bit and i think that yours is very very similar to that and so i think that that's the leadership qualities that we look for so you know outstanding job awesome fusic story it just proves that if you continue to go and get it, that's that's the thing. You can't give up. You're gonna get you're gonna get your nose bloodied. You're gonna get punched in the mouth. You're gonna get told no, and that's okay, right? Because if you keep going for the yes, and that's one thing I always say is don't go for no, right? Go for the yes, and understand that you're gonna get a lot of no's before you get the yes that you want. And another thing you said, and you didn't say the exact words, but you're still chasing your fusic. Which yes. is something you can't give up on either. You know, Absolutely. that's what we've all got to do is say, hey, we're still chasing our, our fusic. 
and um and that's something that i know screams out of you as well too so that's just kind of my my recap of what you said i thought it was outstanding um and, and great job and thank you so much for your time tj what do you have the recap on that man just the just the going back with it craig on uh legacy building something uh that's going to withstand the test of time uh also becoming an expert in all avenues of the business before you lead I feel like that's that's a good thing too, uh, understanding that you have to go out there and do it first before you become before you have others people follow you. Uh, and a, a great quote that I was given one time was a fact that you're going to go through so many more valleys and ups and downs than most because you're going to influence more than most. Uh, and Swordo, I believe that's that's your case right there uh, when you made the comment that. You, people tell you all the time, hey, how do I handle this? There's not a lot of things that come your way that you haven't experienced yourself. So when people are, are struggling, you can coach them through it, uh, not just from a tactical standpoint, but from a passion because they know and from a heart and from a feeling because they know how you, you know how they feel because you lived it. Uh, that's super important. Um, so you're, you're one of my favorites, Swardo. You are, buddy. Thanks, man. I appreciate so, that. Thank you Likewise. for doing this and, uh, and continue your passion, bud. Will do, man. I appreciate you guys, too. Thanks, Wardo. And for all listeners, we have a couple new Fusic items. We have a woman's tee and a long sleeve T-shirt now available as well, as long as our hats and original T-shirts. So if you want to rep the Fusic gear, go online and get it um, and have some fun talking about it. Spread the word of the podcast. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, my name is Craig Miller. You can find me on facebook or linkedin tj how about you man same thing craig instagram uh linkedin uh looking forward to continuing some more of this we got a couple good guests coming on in the next couple weeks everybody uh stay tuned all right thanks swordo thank you you're the man buddy bye-bye see you guys fusic a podcast for everyone who said i couldn't